It's every single time. Mm-hmm. It, they, they live in a bubble that is uh, that spans about 100 yards all around them. Uh, and if you're not in that bubble, then it's not real. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You, you, they cannot understand anybody else's life. They, they cannot understand how somebody might have been raised differently than them. They cannot understand how somebody might believe differently or love differently or anything else. It, it just is a foreign concept. Boys and girls, welcome in to uh, what is, uh, I, I guess, now week five of or week four of uh, uh, the coronavirus shuffle. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, Alabama politics. We're doing the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, shuffle. that's why I mean, basically that's all you can do at this point, my man. That's so all you got. got. Cupid shuffle. Oh, yeah. Now we got the coronavirus, the coronavirus shuffle. That's right. That's all you got. Um, it's uh, you better just shuffle in place at home, baby. Shuffle in place. Uh, this is uh, Alabama politics this week. I am Josh Moon. Uh, that is David Person. David Person. A mouthful of ginger limeade and ginger limeade, organic. Nice. Uh, well, it's, you need you need it to be organic. That's probably uh, <laughs> that's probably the cure for uh, coronavirus. Hey, there has uh, I'm, chug, I'm chugging everything I can. I, this is what this is what's on my at home list. Okay, I got I got a bottle of zinc because mm-hmm. they say zinc kills it. I got ginger. <laughs> I, on, I see Dave's been on Facebook. Dude, no, I let me tell you, I've been some of this stuff I was doing anyway. Uh-huh. I, I had the flu, or who knows, maybe it was Corona, um, about two or three months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, what got me through that was elderberry and ginger. I'm telling you. You know, uh, in my life, mm-hmm. I have never had the flu. Never. Never. Wow. I'm, uh, apparently, I'm resistant to the flu. Wow. So I've offered my blood for uh, analysis <laughs> for to see to see if they could treat Corona uh, here, uh, and and I've I've even told them I would go the the Jonas Salt route and just give it to them. Yeah. You know, oh, okay, yeah. I'll give you the 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 key. But I it I've never even when I have been really really sick uh, and and felt for sure other people in my household has uh-huh. had the flu. Uh, and I've uh, you know got something and, and, and gone to the doctor. I'll never test positive for the flu. Uh, never, never happens. Uh, and uh, and I believe that I, I don't have it because I recover really quickly, a lot quicker than the other people do. And right. so, I, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I from what I'm told, this is a complete hearsay. Probably read it on Facebook. Uh, some people just don't get it. Uh, and uh, uh, I have also never. Well, I take that back. I've had two flu shots in my life. Uh, oh really? Yeah. See, I've never had the flu shot. I, I've had I've had yep. two flu shots in my life, and both times I was as sick as I've ever been in my Which life. Is why I don't uh, take the yeah, flu. Yeah, uh, I mean, listen, I know what everybody says uh, about that, and and that it's supposed to be an idiotic statement. And I, I listen, I don't believe that vaccines cause autism or anything like that. I'm not no, crazy. I'm not in that camp. I'm just telling you how it affects me. Yeah, you know, it affects yeah. me. Is that is that it makes me sick in some yeah. way? Uh, no, I, and so I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm a firm believer. Get get those traditional vaccines, but that flu. Mm-hmm. I just think I, 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 I can't. Yeah, do it. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I never. Uh, I'll never get it again. Uh, if I get the flu, then I'll just recover. Yeah. Uh, on, I, I mean, I've, just, I've gone yeah. forty some odd years, and I'm I'm, I'm okay. There you, you go. Know? And so, Same yeah, here. I'm I've pretty, gone a little bit longer than you. Really? And I'm okay. A little. So 
Well, maybe a lot, depending on where you're on the 40 scale. I'm 56. So maybe. Uh, yeah, that's almost ancient. Man. Oh, yeah, man. Almost ancient. I had no idea. We yeah. need to protect you. I'm in grandfather you a, territory. Yeah, we got to get, we gotta get you some protection. <laughs> get you one of those old people bubbles. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, man. man getting around yeah. pretty good for a 56-year-old man. Well, you know, they say black don't crack. That's the, <laughs> is that what it is? That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, nice. That's uh, listen. I, uh, if if you're doing that well, I you know it's it's nice. And listen, if it seems as though we're rambling, uh, <laughs> there's a good reason for that. Yeah. I, I mean, we we talked before. Uh, there, there's not a lot here, guys. I mean, there there's just you, you know the stories, uh, and, and all of them are fairly depressing. I mean, you can talk about whatever the spread of this thing, how quickly it's going, the number of deaths that are piling up, the uh, the the unemployment numbers which came out today that are staggering, uh, the all of the things that went on prior to this that could have been uh, could have made this less of a catastrophe than what it's going to mm-hmm. end up being. Um, you know, we could talk about the uh, the state and its response, and uh, and you know, and I, and I think. I would like to to do that a little bit, uh, you know. I, but you know, at, at some point, we also have got to uh, to, to laugh and, and joke around a little bit for, uh, because everybody is going, yeah. yeah, everybody's going to go insane at some point because mm-hmm. you know there's only so much Disney Plus you can watch. All right, yeah. um, uh, you know, and I, I, trust me. I've, I've basically finished Disney Plus uh, at this point. You exhausted house. it all. Yeah, it says. I saw the guy the other day. It said he finished Netflix, uh, and so you know, and, uh, uh, the whole thing. Yeah, all the whole, of all of it. It's gone. It's gone. There's no more Netflix for him. Uh, and and I'm, we're we're basically the same way over at, at our place with Disney Plus. I mean, it's you know, there's only so many shows you can watch, and uh, you know, Fancy Nancy is is was way down on the list, and and she's run through all that at this point. So, uh, but you know, it's uh, I feel for you, young parents. I really do. Yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not that bad. It's a uh, you know there there is a lot of there's a lot more laughing and and you know and playing around and messing around and stuff that that goes on because and, the little one she yeah, doesn't know she doesn't know anything doesn't know. and and all all she knows is is she doesn't have to go to daycare uh, and mom and dad are there with her all day long uh, having she a good time. Really loves, yeah, I know she loves yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. But then but then whenever this eventually yeah changes. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to we got to make that transition back. You know yeah. that's going to be yeah, she and she's a uh, thank God she's a late sleeper oh, uh, okay. and so which is really nice for a two year old and man um, shoot are you kidding mm-hmm. that's more than nice. I know I know <laughs> I know you hit the jackpot I know with that one, man. believe me I know that's uh, so but, I didn't sleep for the first I, and this is not an exaggeration. The first nine months of my son's life, mm-hmm. I didn't get a full night's sleep ever, <laughs> ever. I mean, literally for yeah. nine months straight. And I and I kept thinking, well, surely I'm going to get sick uh-huh. at some point. My body's not going to be. Never got sick during that whole period of time. Now I was frustrated a lot, uh, yeah, but I yeah. never got sick. Uh, it's a uh, yeah. My you know, my wife say a lot that uh, you know how how bad. Uh, how bad this was at the right after she was our daughter was born and uh you know how little she slept and you know and i always tell people i slept fine i don't know what she's talking about it was great <laughs> your wife is a saint you have no that idea. tells me everything i need uh, to know right there your wife is a saint you have no idea uh, what that's, uh, <laughs> but all right so so to, to, to kind of turn i guess a little bit serious here well you know i wanted to talk about the 
um, the state response to this thing and and where we are and uh, you know at this point at around noon on Thursday, um, KIV has has yet to issue a, a shelter in place order. Um, you know, I, I don't. Uh, we talked a little bit before we came on about how we feel about that, and I think we're kind of in agreement. I don't know how much more stringent a shelter in place order would be uh, compared to what we currently have. Although I think the 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 perception of there being a shelter in place order uh, maybe makes a difference in some people's minds. Uh, you know, you say that it's, it seems like more of a lockdown in people's heads and they maybe take it more seriously than this kind of all over the map. Hey, we're going to do all this and this and this. And, uh, I, and I think what it also does is it gives, uh, it extends uh, to some extent the uh, the ability of law enforcement to actually question you about what you're doing, where you're going. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what we've seen, I know in Huntsville, where we where we stream from, where mm-hmm. we download from, or where our podcast is produced, I guess that's the way to say it. Yeah. Uh, we Get it right, Dave. Yeah, I got, I got to get it right. Got to get it right. Just like the name, got to right. get it right. So, uh, <laughs> who keeps screwing that up? <laughs> so, what we've seen here is uh, just you, you drive around the city and you don't see a lot of people out. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, to some degree, it's almost like there's a shelter in place. Mm-hmm. People are already kind of acting on that mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, which is good, which mm-hmm. is smart. Uh, of course, you know, the downside is, as we've talked about, uh, there are some places in the state where people are just quite frankly just being reckless. Mm-hmm. You know, people are still uh, reportedly people are doing things like having parties, mm-hmm. uh, going to church services, mm-hmm. um, so other kinds of gatherings. Mm-hmm. And I guess they think because maybe it's a relatively small gathering or something. Yeah. And it's okay, yeah. But it seems to me like it's reckless. Uh, it is reckless. Uh, it is, you know. Uh, it, there, there's a. Uh, I think there there are two distinct uh, uh, groups of people at this point now, and, and I, I really I don't think there's a middle ground. Uh, I think there are people who are. Uh, who understand what this is, who've taken the warnings, who've taken everything that people are saying, who, look, who watch the news, who know what's going on. And most of those people are, are really, um, they're, they're fearful of getting it, of spreading it to somebody else, of infecting their family and their friends and things like that. And, and I, so I think those people are cautious and I, I tend to fall in that group. I can't tell you, I've, I've, you know, you got to go to the store every yeah. now and then yeah. to get food and things yeah. like that. You got to go. And, but every time I go, I, I just, it's almost like there's a fog. You know, I, I just feel like there's a there's a fog of germs, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to come out. And everything I touch, I think about, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just and I, I'm kind of, I've never put so much hand sanitizer on. In yeah, my we life. have a bottle and, right here. Yeah. yeah. And, and thank you, Anthony Daniels. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, but it, it's, it, you know, and, but then I think there's this other group. And, and I, I do believe that this group of people, uh, especially in this state, may not be the same for other states. I think this group of people were swayed early on by the president yeah. uh, and by people who downplayed this yeah. uh, that were associated with the president and in those groups of, oh, my God, snowflakes. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? You know, and, you know, and I think those people are not taking it seriously. I think those people still think of it as just the flu. Uh, Even you know. though, interestingly enough, Trump has shifted. Yeah. Well, Even, well, when I say he shifted, I mean 
he seems now to be a lot more somber. Mm-hmm. He seems to be embracing at least, you know, of course, he kind of wavers between sanity and insanity yeah. sometimes. But sometimes. in his sane, well, every day, yeah. probably. But in his saner moments, he seems to be embracing publicly mm-hmm. the numbers and the facts. Well, somebody has showed him. I mean, th- th- this well, is- they scared, you know, what scared him was right. when he realized that it that I think it became real for him mm-hmm. when he said he had a friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a, it always works with Republicans, man. It's every single time mm-hmm. it, they they live in a bubble that is uh, that spans about a hundred yards all around them. Uh, and if you're not in that bubble, then it's not real. To heck with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah you, you, they cannot understand anybody else's life. They they cannot understand how somebody might have been raised differently than them. They cannot understand how somebody might believe differently or love differently or anything else. It just is a foreign concept. Uh, you know, and, and I agree with you 100. percent In the in most cases, mm-hmm. I think that that is true. Now it's every single time mm-hmm. it, they they live in a bubble that is uh, that spans about a hundred yards all around them. Uh, and if you're not in that bubble, then it's not real. To heck with yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, you, you. They cannot understand anybody else's life. They they cannot understand how somebody might have been raised differently than them. They cannot understand how somebody might believe differently or love differently or anything else. It, it just is a foreign concept. But then what we have seen is, like with Dick Cheney. Mm-hmm. Dick Cheney what is happened, a prime though? example. Somebody and, got and in it, a it bubble. Proves your, it proves your point. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. With Dick Cheney, it proves your point. And it's, uh, you okay over there, buddy? I'm <laughs> just banging the hell out of my knee. <laughs> he's, not, he's not coming down with corona. He just bumped his knee. That's Sorry. Right. Go ahead. So Dick Cheney, um, when he discovered that his daughter, Liz, I think is the one. Yes. Uh, it was was lesbian. Mm-hmm. Then he began to publicly, oh, yeah. you know, be pro gay rights mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Now, of course, you still have that percentage who won't shift no matter mm-hmm. what. Case in point, Alan Keyes. Mm-hmm. Alan Keyes has a daughter. You know, he ran for governor here in this state, or ran for he ran for um, president. He ran for president. Did he run for president? Mm-hmm. Is that what he did? Mm-hmm. Okay, but then he also ran for. He ran for something in the state of Alabama, didn't he? I don't know. I thought he ran for governor here. He could have. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about oh. that. But he was former president of Alabama A&M University, an interim president at one point in time, which was a real joke of mm-hmm. a tenure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he ran against uh, Barack Obama during Obama's first uh, race for the mm-hmm. Senate and and lost. Uh, but Alan Keyes, this black conservative Republican staunchly after learning that his daughter was gay, mm-hmm. one of his daughters was gay, uh, basically renounced her. Mm-hmm. He yeah. renounced her. Well, you know, this so happened he's with, in that sliver well, of those who just will not... You know, that happened with, uh, for the most part, with, uh, with, with whichever, Rick or Bubba, uh, whichever one of those morons uh, is... Uh, oh, really? I had uh, yeah, his, his daughter. I mean, you know, uh, John Archibald wrote some stories, and I actually wrote some stories as well about his daughter. Uh, I, I think those. it's Rick's. Uh, How long ago was this? Uh, two those. two years ago, two three years oh, ago. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's not been that long, and she's uh, and so it's. But it's the same situation though, and that's my point is is on that is is it takes somebody entering that bubble usually before they can conceive of yeah. uh, this different life and go, oh wait, this happened to me, yeah. and and so then wait, it, this could happen to other people, right? Right. Holy right. hell, this right. could happen to other people right. out there. Suddenly they wake yeah, up. Yeah, you know, and, and I think you're right. Yeah. 
that's that's basically how it works again yeah. with these with these. And so I, I think that's the problem here is that, mm-hmm. is with this is that mm-hmm. they can't. It, it hadn't happened to them, and as soon as it does, as soon as it happens to other people, they'll start to wake up to it. And the the, the really odd thing about that is, is is those people really often want revenge or retribution for things, and so th- there could be a pretty ugly turn. Uh, here that that occurs and it'll be you know that it's 50 50 on whether or not they blame the people actually responsible or they believe the bubble and, and blame i guess obama somehow uh but i'm sure obama's at fault in yeah, this, this is in some way yeah well, some have tried to blame it on him some of these uh televangelists uh, tried to trump tried that as well yeah yeah, yeah that's right yeah. trump has tried so, it as well. but it's you know it, but you know what has been disappointing to me uh, aside from Kiabi's just utter absence at times, I mean, where not hell is Kiabi? You know, I mean, the mayors and everybody are holding daily pre- press briefings and talking to everybody Kudos under the sun. Them. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, listen, and, and I'm Republicans not, and yes, Democrats. Absolutely. To Tommy yeah. Battle, yeah. Uh, uh, Maddox, uh, you know, yeah. Woodfin, uh, Reed, the guy down yeah. in Mobile, Simpson, uh, Stimson, Stimson, whatever his name is. Yeah, whatever his name uh, is. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, so, you know, but yes, you're right. Kudos to them for, for getting out and leading their communities mm-hmm. and telling people what's going on making them feel a little more comfortable about the people leading them and in the meantime the state leadership from Kay Ivey to Del Marsh to Mac McCutcheon they've been absent I mean they, it's essentially like they've abandoned the post during the during a time of war here and mm-hmm. you know they have what what is really striking to me is is that Kay Ivey has has come out and held a couple of press conferences where we have to submit questions three or four hours in advance, and then she takes whatever questions oh, and reads from a script like and all that. that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and we can listen in, and the last one we, you can watch. But at the same time, she's having multiple calls per week with lawmakers, multiple, you know, 20, 30-plus lawmakers, and they're having conversations back and forth mm-hmm. about, you know, they're asking questions and getting answers, mm-hmm. uh, mostly for special interest groups uh, and businesses and, and mm-hmm. what's going to happen with this and what's going to happen with that. You know, I... I that ain't helping anybody, man. Nope. I mean, it, it's nope. nice for the. I'm not telling you not to do that. Do that, but also tell the people that that voted for you. Tell the people who are out there in the world worrying to death about this thing right. what you're doing, what's going on. They don't need you to necessarily come up with a solution to the vaccine for coronavirus here. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice if somebody would, but they don't need that from you. What they need to know is, is that you understand the problem and that you are doing things to address their needs and their issues. Uh, and you know, I, I just. So I don't understand. So let's give kudos to our friend. You've already mentioned him once, thanking him for our bottle of hand mm-hmm. sanitizer when he came in here to the studio to be interviewed. Anthony Daniels wrote a great op-ed piece. He did. It was published by AL.com. It would have been published by a reporter if we got it. Yeah. Had we gotten it? Yeah. But, yeah. You know. Well, it, you, you ought to, you know. Well, we got it. We, we had we had. You had that conversation? Yeah. He, he, good. he, he felt that one. Okay. Well, good. I'm good. just kidding. Because it, it, I mean, seriously, I know, it needs I know, to be widely it. distributed. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's my point. Yes. It's a great, a great column in which he outlined some specific things that ought to be happening. And I really appreciate the fact that Anthony never forgets, uh, and he's the House Minority Leader, mm-hmm. uh, representative for District 53 of the House, Alabama House. <clears throat> Anthony never forgets where he, he has come from. Mm-hmm. He thinks about the black belt. He's mm-hmm. intentionally thinking about the black belt. And he understands that the black belt is is one of the most vulnerable parts of our state. And the data is beginning to show that. I mean, mm-hmm. we're seeing 
these high infection rates in um, uh, Chambers County. Chambers, yep. And, and I think Lee County is yep. also up there. Yep. But Chambers County in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I think uh, I think what I saw from Chip, our, our producer, mm-hmm. uh, I think that county actually has the Ice. highest per capita infection Indeed rate. Indeed it does. So uh, this is, you know, this is this is leadership. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of leadership we need to be yeah. seeing. And, and they have been, Anthony and... Um, uh, Chris England uh, and really a lot of the Democrats have been far more accessible to the media, to uh, to the people in the to the yeah. voters, to the constituents, uh, and they have been more proactive uh, yeah. in 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 providing uh, you know d- just simple things for their communities and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. just where where to go for this, where to go for that, when you can do this, mm-hmm. what's on the. You know, Chris England is great about putting out the house schedule and what they're doing, what they're voting on, what the, where the uh, what the vote meant for people. Uh, you know, and and that's the kind of thing. You know, I, I, I told people the other day, look. I don't care if you're if you decide you can never vote for a Democrat. Okay, whatever. Don't don't vote for one. If you don't want yeah. to vote for one, don't vote for one. Yeah. But vote for people who are competent. Right. All right? Competent. Yes. Competent. And, and it's not hard this. to understand who's competent and who's not. Look that's at right. what they're talking about. And if they don't have an answer for any issue at all, mm-hmm. then that's not a competent person that's going to be in office. They're going to fail like these people are failing. So let me. So let me then. This is a good time for me to do a slight mea culpa, and oh. it's only going to be slight. Oh, here we go. Uh, but <clears throat> your boy. Oh, here we go. You're getting on the Ace Wars bandwagon. Your boy. Right the bandwagon back up, baby. You're, you're, yeah, no, it's not back. Oh, you're it's on the bandwagon. Come on, baby. No, no. Come on. Get on the I'm bandwagon. I'm just not going to throw any more tomatoes at this time <laughs> at the bandwagon. Uh, but your boy Will Ainsworth, uh-huh. with that letter that he, I'm glad he did it, uh-huh. and I think it helped to really. Put the right kind of pressure yep. on the governor yes. and on her task force. And for that, I applaud him. Now, again, I still think it's ludicrous that he could take that position and still not then champion, as Anthony did in his op-ed, mm-hmm. Medicaid expansion. Yeah, you know, and this has always been, I'll tell you this. Uh, th- let me tell you one of the more frustrating things for me about uh, about covering people and working with, uh, with legislators and uh, things is... There are there are right now a number of Republican lawmakers who I talk to mm-hmm. fairly often mm-hmm. uh, and who I like and mm-hmm. who would uh, people would be surprised to learn that we agree on like 90 some percent of, of things out there. So I mean, they're not really they're not. They're not. They're not at all. Uh, yes. And that is my problem. Yeah. That is my problem. There are people who will look you dead in the eye and say, I wish that we could expand Medicaid. I said, well, why don't you say that? I can't say that. I'll never get elected again. Well, what the hell good are you? Yeah. You no know? good. Yeah. No good. I mean, you're not, you're not helping anybody, man. That's not helping anybody. No Build a coalition. Build yeah. a coalition of people that want to do this. You know it's right. You know what's, yeah. what's coming. And what's what's... Mind-boggling to me about this is is that you have people like the hospital associations, doctors groups out there, uh, insurance. You got uh, plenty of cover. Oh, would love for you to do this. You got plenty of cover. Yes. We see David Spillers from Huntsville Hospital, CEO of this vast North Alabama hospital mm-hmm. system, who has been advocating for Medicaid expansion for years yes. and for the and for the enactment of Obamacare for years. Yes, Spillers is no bleeding heart no. liberal. No, not by a stretch. No, and you don't. And and I never. It, it was so silly that they did this to begin with, and they took this path the way to doing this, and uh, you know that that painted 
Medicaid expansion as a liberal issue. It was it was such a short sighted, silly, yeah. dumb win for, dumb. for. I mean, it was just dumb. 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 And, and now they've painted themselves into this box a lot of the same way that they've done with with no new taxes ever. We're already taxed yep. enough. It's, it's exactly it's, the same. Yeah, thing. and yeah. so you, you painted yourself into this box, and now no matter how much you know you need it yeah. you, to step out there, you've cut off your own foot. Yeah. You know, and it just uh, the whole thing is silly, and, and it's put us in this position that we're in now. These, these people who who do this, these politicians who do this, they have no backbone. They have no, if they're men, they have no testicles. If they're women, they have no ovaries. These are people who have no courage. They have no courage of their convictions. I, I gotta tell you, it's not on every podcast. You get an ovary question. I, I, well, you get yeah, someone questioning I, somebody's ovaries. It's, that's, not, that's, it's not every month that I use that word. <laughs> but I think in this particular case, and you know, if I'm going to say that the men have no testicles, then I got to say the yeah, women have yeah, no yeah, equal, equal, equal. Yeah, it's just it's yeah, all I'm about saying, equality, yeah, just yeah. gender equity, people. That's all that is. Well, I gotta say. This this has really been a nice opening uh, for for there not to be anything for us to talk about. It's been a great opening. Because I said over. No, it's just before that. I mean, you got back on the Ainsworth bandwagon. That was no, great. No, I'll never be on uh, And so that's uh, you know, listen, I, I might let it pass by without throwing a tomato. Throwing or something. Out, putting it. out the uh, strips, the the, the the strips to flatten the tires. Uh, all right, there, yeah, spike strips. That's what we're looking at. All right, let's uh, let's slide out. When we come back, we're going to uh, special 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 guest uh actress and activist uh, erica alexander here as yeah. uh one of one of david good friends a former surrogate for hillary clinton and uh really really pleased to have her on with us uh, we'll be back here in just a minute Welcome back to Alabama Politics This Week. I'm David Person. Josh Moon is sitting over there in quarantine on the other side of the studio. And uh, we are very happy to have with us uh, via Zoom. Uh, our Technology, baby. Yes, yeah, it's, it's working in our favor. Uh, uh, my friend, the actress, producer, activist, uh, founder of Color Farm Media, Erica Alexander. Erica, how are you? Morning. I'm I'm in afternoon and evening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm good. You know, life is interesting. This is a different uh, historic uh, time that we're living in. So I think everybody's reevaluating everything and there's a lot of innovation going on. So I'm really excited. But it's yeah. also a grief period because whatever we were doing before, I think is going to change drastically in, in the way we socialize and talk with each other and that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and 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 also how we work and how we do politics, and and I that's where really where I want to start with you. Uh, let's start first of all. You uh, many people will know you uh, from your work, uh, your extensive work on television and in the movies. You've been uh, you were in Jordan Peele's uh, big hit Get Out. You were in um, you know you really I think came to the public conscious. Uh, uh, consciousness through uh, your work on the uh, the old Cosby Show, and then through that that very funny, hilarious sitcom Living Single, and um, and then you've done a lot of work since then. Too too much to list. Let's start with how it's affecting you 
as a working actress and producer? How are you being affected by what's going on right now? Well, I think a lot of Black people um, would say this is... <laughs> Listen, it was just getting off the ground that there was a so-called renaissance of, 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 of material and um, different types of, of projects being made for people of color and around women and that type of thing. Because after, especially 2016, there was a real um, movement toward that. And it sort of stopped. So I think that people are you know, back to square one because no one's working right now. And that's, that's normal in and, and, uh, and something like this. But I, but, I'm, but I have to say that there's a lot of um, development work happening right now. And people are maybe having to really... Um, see what's on their plate. So I'm, I mean, I'm gratified that, you know, maybe people can take a step back and see if they were really actually producing something or were they just talking about it or were they in social media or, and were they really making headway with the partnerships and networks they had, or were none of those people really, did they really even ever have access? And that's hard to evaluate for anybody. So I think that that's what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, in addition to your work as an actress and a producer with Color Farm Media, in fact, why don't you go ahead and tell folks, for those who, who may not know, tell folks about Color Farm Media and what you're doing with that company. Well, we call ourselves uh, Color Farm Media is a film, television, and tech company that I co-founded with my partner, Ben Arnon. We did it about three years ago, and we are wanted to bring be- better, uh, greater inclusivity and um, diversity to to media, to different types of media. We thought that there's different types of biases and racism, of course, is one of them and gender, but also um, um, ageism and um, geographic bias. So we wanted to um, address all that. But also the fact that inside of media, there's, um, this is, it's just difficult to get anything done because people don't know how, how high up is. They want to be a writer, but they don't read enough. So they, their scripts are not ready. They've got good ideas, but they, they don't know how to execute them. There's all sorts of other things that come into play. We want to be a, a place where education would go on and people would learn how to be better storytellers because that really is a skill set. So um, we call ourselves the Motown of Film, Television, and Tech. And we have been working hard to create different projects in film and television, especially. Um, and uh, we have the John Lewis documentary, Good Trouble, that uh, was going to debut at the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, would have been in April, right about yeah. now. But let's um, yeah. put on the back burner a little bit. We're trying to figure out how to do that in a um, on, online, perhaps. And then also um, uh, doing a movie about the Boys Choir of Harlem. We're really excited about that and um, other film and television things that we've partnered up with different people. So that's what we do. Awesome. If I could, I I just wanted to ask, you know, I know you mentioned just a second ago about uh, how real some of these things were. And that's one of the things that I've wondered about as well, because you you hear some of the stories from from, you know, Hollywood execs wanting to. Uh, cast Julia Roberts as Harriet Tubman, for example, uh, you know, and, and, and you, you know, you know what I mean? I mean it's honestly, it's uh, <laughs> the silliest thing you, you could ever imagine. But when, uh, do you feel like that, 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 that movement 
that you were talking about earlier that it that it was real and it wasn't just lip service and that people were now starting to pay attention? Yes, it is real. Um, it's real because the internet destroyed everything um, for the uh, the established um, industry. So there's big dinosaurs like NBC, ABC, and CBS, and they're having to start to reevaluate how they have their dialogue within their audience. There's all these cable networks that they have in competition, streaming networks. So the audience is only so big. And if you were depending on a white based audience, and now everybody has these different choices because the white um, audience, and I'm saying that trying to be just simplistic, they're not a monolith. They grew up in the hip hop era. They grew up in the jazz era and the rock and roll era. There's different ears. They don't wanna always uh, watch the same things together. Uh, same with the black or Latinos. They want to have a different experience so they can just switch and they can hear most importantly when the minute they switch and they're not watching your advertising, it's harder for you for those people to get those dollars. So that is real. So if you're going where the dollars are, often some people who have very little um, power in the world suddenly because they have eyes on them, they're getting fed and getting, you know, supported by um, ad dollars that normally wouldn't have been available. So thank God for the internet because that's re that's the reason why it switched. Hollywood didn't switch because it was the right thing to do. They switched because the money changed. Yeah. Money. That's the, the answer to yeah. all of your questions is usually money, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always, Josh. Always. <laughs> so, so let's talk a little politics now. Uh, you were a surrogate for Hillary Clinton in 2016, and and you went around the country on her behalf. Uh, a lot has changed since then, obviously. What lessons did you learn doing that work that you think we can apply to this very unique situation that we're in now with uh, the jackass that we've got as a president and... Um, and um, and and just the dynamics around that. Well, I was really gratified to be a part of that campaign both times in a very unique way. I am her most traveled surrogate. She sent me everywhere, including Africa. So I learned a lot of different lessons. I went to Alabama. That's how I met you. Um, I've met some of the most powerful and interesting people in my life um, through that campaign. And I'm I think that uh, that's the best lesson we can learn is that campaigns are about relationships and the retail politics of what she had, because that's she kind of was the bridge between that, that and the Obama campaign since it was 2008, was the, the switch between retail politics and digital. Uh, the Obama campaign leveraged its youth and the the um, relationships it had in, di in the digital world to create a monster fundraising and us. Uh, um, impactful campaign. And that was great. Artists, everyone was, were able to um, commit to that campaign in different ways and also to feel like they had strength and power within it. It was a little bit more difficult to feel that on the Hillary side because they still had been um, steeped in the old retail politics, shaking hands door to door, church to church. Now, having said that, and I know it's debatable, she won both times. The reason sure. I say that is because if you take put Michigan and Florida back in, she wins 2008. Mm -hmm. If you go and you and, and she's you know uh, victorious in the um, by four million votes, you know to to Bernie Sanders, and then wins the 
more votes than any white man in history in the general, she wins both times. But how she loses is because now there's different ways to manipulate or change the rules. Changing the rules means the manipulation of 2016 and James Comey, the Russians, everything that happened was because, again, social media could propagate and um, send false messages, misinformation in a way that people had never seen before through bots and everything else. Even through all of that struggle, she won the gener- the uh, popular vote. But I also think, and I and I'm and someday we will look at this. She won the real vote because I think that those machines were um, were um, uh, tampered with in Florida and Pennsylvania. We know through the Detroit, Detroit press that six. Um, 60,000 votes went missing in Detroit, missing actual votes. Mm-hmm. That has never been, um, she lost uh, Michigan by 11,000. So what we need to learn is that the the um, the uh, struggle to vote and have a real vote is real. You can see that with the Stacey Abrams campaign. You can definitely see that down in Florida. And wherever people can interrupt real, um, actual fair play, they will. And they did it with her, but because there was so much animosity steeped toward her, no one wanted to see her as the underdog she was. No one wanted to see her as uh, going up against a huge um, um, right-wing conspiracy, which she had always diagnosed and said was true. And this right-wing conspiracy is now the reason why we have a Trump. And overall, the um, apathy and the true um, self-sabotage of I'm 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 going to be honest of white men to uh, destroy anything that um, as far as I'm concerned was helping them. This the economy they have now is a destroyer. The one they had before was truthful and much more um, um, sustainable, and that wasn't good enough. So we keep having this thought that the Republicans are good with the economy, good with all that, and they're not. Every time they've got in. They've destroyed the economy. They've uh, they've undermined uh, true business and entrepreneurship. We have got to start to place that blame at the foot of white men because they're still in power and they're still empowered to do something about it and not just look and say, black women need to vote. No, you need to vote better for yourself and and not against your own interest. And you need to stop saying that when these things happen, you think it's the Mexicans who have done it and immigration. No, you did it to yourself. You have the power in this world. You still are very empowered. You uh, have it, have had it for hundreds of years. And now you continue to self-sabotage um, your own um, uh, neighborhoods and in um, the conversations that you built over, um, over um, domestic politics, because it's just um, wanting to, I don't know. I don't know why you would want to support a fool. Mm. <laughs> Let me just add one thing, get you to respond too quickly before Josh asks you a question. You mentioned white men, and I agree with you 100% about that. But the data also shows that white women supported Trump in huge numbers. And I would say that, that they were the group, they were the one group who, of all groups, should have been like, oh, hell no. You're right. And I place it at their feet too. But I also think that they are also very much informed by their white male counterparts. If you have uh, a relationship with your husband and he 
says, I can't stand that woman, Hillary Clinton, and I'm voting against her. Next thing you know, that woman doesn't feel as empowered to vote against her anybody but that woman. Why? Mm. You haven't really made a calculated, logical estimate of who that person represents. You just automatically, by reflex, decided that they're libs, they, who do they think they are, they want everybody to be gay, and the next thing you know, we're stuck in a conversation that's a, that's a wind tunnel. And I think that to me, I want to, the reason why, David, I didn't mention white women, because I'm very angry with them. Mm. It, they had the power in a very mm-hmm. small percentage to have changed this whole thing, but they didn't. Yeah. And we're paying for it. And if you look over time in history, and the one thing they are showing now is that white women have very much in history sabotaged uh, American progress. Um, but they were also informed by their white husbands and by their white um, um, sons and things like that. So I'm not saying this is a male-female battle. I'm saying this is a white supremacy battle. Yeah. And as long as we're stuck in that conversation and, and white men cannot see themselves outside of their skin color and start to see themselves as a part of an American project that's supposed to move on and supposed to have di- be dynamic and also um, mature, then we're stuck inside of, you, you want what I got and I ain't gonna let you have it. And so that means that white woman, Hillary Clinton, could not be president over the dumb white male that they put up that they themselves don't respect, that they themselves think is an idiot. But suddenly they got a red hat on. Stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's hear from our token so, white so, guy. Uh, listen, fucking move, man. Move, man. So, hey, white man here. Uh, listen, uh, uh, no, uh, I, I, you know, look, uh, most of what you said, I have I have been writing for years now, um, and and I would say that there, it, it's hard to uh, you know I think when when you when you look at the at the white vote, uh, especially in a place like Alabama, it um, it breaks down in a couple of different ways, and I think one of the ways that it breaks down is you have that upper uh, group of earners. Uh, there that are trying to do exactly what you're you're talking about is protect their money and they'll vote for any idiot that comes along as long as that idiot will protect their dollar all right and and get them more money i mean from you know you had really smart people that that a lot of people respect voted for donald trump simply because they thought it was just going to make them more money and they didn't care what it did to the to to the rest of the world and you're seeing the consequences of it right now today um it's what happens when you elect a moron you get you know moronic things that happen uh so yeah but it, it past that you have a working class group of people in states like Alabama that are voting uh, repeatedly against their own interests mm-hmm. uh, simply because they have been convinced over time that they are better than the minority groups, whatever minority group there is, they are better than them and they, nothing pleases them more than being able to deny a black man, something that would also benefit themselves. Uh, it just, and I, I honestly, it, it, it's kind of broken up into team politics at this point, and I don't know how to get past that. I mean, Hillary Clinton, to me, was the, probably the most accomplished candidate for president that we've ever had. Um, and, and she was torn down mm-hmm. over, you know, what? You know, people hated her, and I never really understood why they hated her. Uh, and, uh, and, but you stand her up side by side for pretty much anybody, much less Donald Trump. Uh, you know, and so... I guess when when you were involved with that 
and, and looking at it then, uh, and, and if you could just kind of, I guess, talk about the disappointment uh, of seeing that and then now to see the consequences of, you know, because you, uh, I tell you this, like Elizabeth Warren, Hillary Clinton would have had a plan and they would have been competent people to handle it. You know it. Yeah. So, the girlie would have flipped out all sorts yeah. of stuff. Well, she, the, the first thing she wouldn't have destroyed yeah. would have been the, um, the pandemic uh, task force. She would have never destroyed that. Right. Who comes right. into office right. and says, I'm getting right. rid of a pandemic task force. How does that even come up as a thought? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. But Josh, you know what? And you know what? I'm glad that mm-hmm. we're having this conversation because um, I believe that uh, white men are the key. And the reason is, is that um, everybody has been asked through history to be, uh, I, I think, to be more than they've been, than the nurture. And if you've been nurtured in hate for hundreds of years mm. and nurtured in fear, then that's the reaction we're seeing. I know that, and you know, uh, here you are with David and you're aligned in thinking because you're judging each other based not on a tone of skin color, but on how your mind thinks your intelligence and that type of thing. Um, You're not denying, uh, but you probably also have been steeped way before you met David in um, an atmosphere that was going to always reject those types of politics. Mm-hmm. And how can we bring our white brothers along if we can't get them out of something that literally is a self-saboteur for their own? It's a Darwinism. It's, we're talking about Darwin now. We're talking about whether we can survive this earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we must be able to bring this type of thinking that the moon man has, Josh here, everyone <laughs> else. In Alabama, let me lead the kids. Let me lead let the me kids. Lead. No, it's true. It's true. We got to. We got to send. It's like a disciple. You've got, we got to send you back, and they've got to be open because they got to say, "I need to go where Josh is going." Look at look at how empowered he is. He's not afraid. Somehow he's he's found a way through it and able to also own it. But you're not of it. That's the difficulty. That you understand that me and David, we're all in the same soup. But not only that. We've been steeped in the same hate and distrust, mm. and we still found a way to love each other and have conversation. I was so disappointed in the Hillary Clinton um, thing that I can't tell you uh, the, the the dark night of the soul, where you literally go, maybe we're not supposed to make it yeah. as people. And I'm not talking about America. I'm talking about like humans. The earth will survive us, but it's throwing now all sorts of, it, we're the cancer. It's going to get rid of us. We'll look up and one day not be able to sustain ourselves. The sadness that the most qualified person in history could not be able to make a case um, to be president is one of the saddest things I ever felt. And the truth is, if even if the people didn't like her, I thought they would like less what uh, the Trump organization was putting forward. Right. You said something very interesting, Josh. You said uh, there were intelligent people and, and renowned people who supported Trump because they thought it would line their pocketbooks. But they also re- supported him. I think, listen, tell me why Lindsey Graham did it. Tell me, or does it? He said, last train to crazy town. He was like, get off at this exit. They mm-hmm. knew mm-hmm. what this man was capable of. Mm-hmm. How is it that generals line up next to him and take orders? How is it that people who have spent their whole lives in Harvard and see, they always try to think, oh, the liberals, they're educated, they're the elites. What? 
Ted Cruz got Princeton, Harvard, and everything else yeah. and was in the Supreme Court clerkship. How is he suddenly not an elitist? And he's more authentic. What, because he got cowboy boots on? <laughs> just says dumb things. Yeah. <laughs> so we're living in a, um, a, a fool's paradise. And the, the pain that's inflicted on people who can think past it is more than existential. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm sometimes going crazy. I didn't cry that night because I'm Hillary Clinton's surrogate. And I knew not to. I was in the Javits Center, surrounded by all these so-called celebrities and people who loved her but they were literally just American citizens looking for progress. Mm-hmm. When that happened, I tell you the hush that went over that place, it was more than death. It was, it was beyond, it was like somebody had dropped a silent nuclear bomb and we've been underneath it the whole time. And um, when I think about the people who think that they gained something that night and to show up to these rallies and be screaming, yeah, yeah, and doing all that stuff. And that red hat to me is a white hat. It's just another uh, Nazi symbol as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Why in the hell and how in the hell can we look at this and not be uh, sick into our stomach that we've come down so far from Obama mentality to the lowest rung of American um, uh, exceptionalism there is? The big exceptionalism that this white man and his foolishness got in with eyes wide open. And Cowtowns to communist um, uh, 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 values that they say they abhor. That's right. I don't have anything against all that. But all I keep looking at is like, he doesn't even know what the difference between communist socialism and democracy is, frankly. He has no idea. But the fact that he kowtows to Putin another world leader who wants to subjugate us is unreal. But again, that's, it's, I can't even talk normally about it because when I see his face, I lose my mind a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mute him when I see his face, I just mute him. I, I can look at him. I can't hear him. I just can't mm-hmm. listen to him. He's, He's number one on Facebook. Liar. He's number, number one on Facebook. Uh, right now, I don't mm. know if you guys. He's know. what? That's what that was this press conference yesterday. He was number one on Facebook. Oh, is that what he yeah, said? I don't know if y'all knew that. Yes, mm. he's talking. People are dying, mm. and he said he's the. Who freaking cares? Uh, get, he's getting great ratings. This yeah, is, who this, freaking cares? This pandemic is getting great ratings. That's why I don't listen to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in a death spiral. Yeah. This is how Rome went down. We always wondered how it went down. It went down like mm-hmm. this. I agree with you. Uh, before I know you got to run shortly, so before you go, I want I've got to ask you about. You've been talking about race and 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 the political and cultural implications of that. So I've got to ask you about Joe Biden, who, by all appearances, is going to be the Democratic nominee. Uh, many of us have been saying he better pick a black woman if he wants a shot at this. And 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 of course, to me, there are only two logical choices. Kamala Harris or Stacey Abrams, what which camp do you fall in, and or or do you think there's another woman of color he ought to be picking? I think that uh, uh, name recognition matters, and there are very few people who have that type of name recognition right now who fit the bill. And you're right about those two: Kamala Harris and Stacey Abrams are the two most recognizable names. But here's where I start to diverge. By the way, all um, so it's clear. 
I was a Kamala Harris surrogate. I went down to South Carolina to campaign for her. Um, I live in California. I'm well aware of the um, whispering campaign they were doing against her to say that she was a cop. I used to tell her to say, you know, uh, um, send a uh, cop to catch a thief. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I said, embrace it, embrace it. But um, uh, the reason why I think Stacey Abrams should be the candidate is because the South matters. And I think that we're in a time where um, Kamala Harris may bring her along California, but California's already, I think, solidly a blue state. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that people who, and young people who might have be down for Mr. Bernie and disappointed for whatever reason that his movement is just a moment. <laughs> I said, he didn't have a movement, he had a moment. Mm-hmm. Well, they're still around and they're looking for change and progress. The visual prog- prog- uh of a black woman is immediate progress. It shows it's not just a woman. That wasn't enough, by the way. We had a woman at the helm. That's right. Clinton. That wasn't enough. But the visual of a black woman seen says to people, "You're voting for something new." Just like the, uh, the 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 beauty of Obama and his big smile and his rhetoric really moved people. But also, Stacey Abrams has a lot of white support, especially in the South. And I think that that has ram- that'll ramify outward to people in the North to give them a different vigor and say, we're fighting for something. Look at Stacey Abrams with her sturdy heels, her natural hair, and her small gap in her tooth. I really believe that they're going to say that that type of woman is going to be strength and power and also a moral high ground for a man that they, I, I think they do essentially trust. I like Biden. I never did not like Biden. Um, I don't think that he's uh, been a bit a wonderful candidate in terms of how he ran his campaign. But there's a lot of people who've done worse and and still, you know, been really good administrators and legislators, which is what he is. And he's able to learn. And the, the, the people who are saying, oh, he look what he did back in the day. I said, you see how old that man is? <laughs> he did a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, shoot, nobody was who they are today back in the right. day. But he's still a good man. He's still a person who has suffered a lot of trauma and Mm. still is up there trying to to be in the game. So Stacey Abrams is it. I think that he should not pass go, go straight for Stacey and we'll win. Well, I would have I would have uh, embraced either one. But my preference without question is Stacey Abrams. I think you articulated it well from a political standpoint, from a black beauty beauty standpoint. She's a beautiful woman inside and out. She exudes something that I think is well, palpable. I think y'all are missing one one thing. What's and, that? Josh? And that would be the, the, the debate between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. OK. Y'all, oh, y'all are, well, yeah. Y'all, well, I'm think, thinking about that little I, piece of TV I think there. That, but I think either one of them are capable yeah. of dicing him up. Oh, well, I yeah. think I think Stacey Abrams, oh. if you listen to Stacey Abrams, yeah. she can slice and dice him just as easily as Kamala oh, Harris. Oh, I don't know. Kamala Harris is a world But here's, here's also Moomin. Well, they will is. not know how to attack Stacey because she looks, and, and I'm be very clear, she looks like the person who used to suckle white children at their breasts. They won't know how to attack her. Mm. He'll he'll start to say, "Oh, she's this, she's that." She'll be he'll be so frightened to make a mistake that that is like almost irreparable. Whereas they do know how to attack Kamala Harris because she's got sort of more of an attitude of modern modernity 
mm-hmm. that I think um, is a lot more. But you're right. I would have liked to see the debate, but I don't even think they're going to debate. I don't believe that Trump will debate anybody. And yeah. I believe that Pence is Pence, that fool. Anyway, uh, he, that stiff fool. Any, <laughs> any person that stands there and looks like they have any energy will destroy him just by looking like they have, you know, that they're not bought and paid for. So I believe that Stacey Abrams, just visually coming out there, will look like we sent the A-team in. And she's not playing. I just, again, you, you can't, it, the uh, one thing Trump understood is optics. Mm-hmm. Optically, she's just so different that it's going to shake it up. But also, mm-hmm. she happens to have, she happens to be uh, have the goods. And, she, and she's a friend. I love Stacy Again, another note, I campaigned for her too. <laughs> I don't have, as you say, I would have been wonderful with both of them. But I think that we, Stacy brings different people along in the mid in the Midwest too. People who like Stacy, Steve, people who trust that look that her, they don't even know her, but they're like, I like her. We need somebody mm-hmm. they like. I, I love it. Erica, I want to thank you for joining us on Alabama politics this week. You know, you, you get, you've gotten a lot of acclaim through the years for your comedic uh, skills as an actress and, and uh, and your and your and and even your dra- dramatic skills. I've seen you play straight roles where you've done excellent work. And for the pioneering work you're doing as a producer with Color Farm Media, all of that is great. But I got to say that what has resonated with me the most, and it's just been reaffirmed today, is that you have real political insight, authentically well informed, well thought out political insight and you've got a heart for people and I'm going to tell a story. I'm not going to keep you on the line for this. I'm going to tell the story after we, well, okay. I'll tell the story now. I'll tell the story now. Yeah. I can use an ego trip now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't play takeaway. Now you being all stingy now. (laughs) The very first time I met Erica was on the telephone she called my house at about 10.30, 10.45 at night. Uh, my, my business partner and friend, Natalie, who, who Erica knows well, Natalie uh, Tibbs, had, and I, we were working on a project together. And we wanted to bring Erica to Huntsville for this project. And so Natalie had gotten me Erica's number. I reached out to Erica, left her a message. I think you were in New Orleans doing... Uh, uh, NCIS New Orleans at that particular point. I think you were filming an episode with them. And you called me at about 1045 at night. I answered the phone. I normally didn't answer the phone that time of night. But when I saw that that California area code, I thought, hmm, maybe I ought to pick that up. <laughs> and we stayed on the phone, I, I would say, at least 30 minutes. Erica asking me very specific questions about this project. This was a project about... Uh, Reese Taylor, the woman who was mm-hmm. brutally gang raped in 1944 here in this state and and subsequently became um, the subject of a documentary and Oprah talked about her and so forth and so on. And 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 I was so and when I hung up the phone, I was just thinking this woman. She's serious about this. Mm-hmm. She, this is not Hollywood grandstanding for her. And do you know, Erica came to Huntsville she did not charge Natalie and me one dime. Really? 
not one dime. Nice. She came because she believed in what we were trying to do. Yeah. And as I have watched her through the years, I have seen that that commitment to Erica is about causes. Mm-hmm. In fact, I you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say she is to me basically like almost a preacher or a missionary. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in, in a religious context, in a church context, because she's out there on the front lines trying to do things mm-hmm. and trying to affect people and make change. Yeah. Uh, so that that was the story I was going to share. Wow, David, let me tell you, thank you for telling me that, because you see that it, it's moved me, number one. I'm raised by a preacher. My dad, my father was mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And I tell the story, both my parents were orphans. And my uh, mother uh, was uh, raped when um, she was a young woman uh, and beaten very horribly by her adopted mother daily. And so if anything that I've been given in life, is the um, the awareness of how uh, fortunate I was that I was born to these very poor orphans, and I've spent the, again the first eleven years of my life in a hotel hotel called Starlight off of Route sixty six in Arizona, because that's where we were, where that's where they landed. But uh, people have always been kind to our family, and my father was very sick uh, all the time because he had a bad heart, and so it was always landing on just trying to make it through. And I saw that it really mattered that uh, where you could be helpful, you should. Because people have been helpful to me. I wanted to always keep that, uh, that uh, it's like a, um, energy going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that I know or met you is because I know the universe sends me special people mm. that I'm supposed to be um, friends and family with. And I consider you one of those people, an extraordinary man, doing extraordinary work in communications in Alabama. I feel like I'm part of people say Alabama, and I feel like I'm from Alabama because it's from, because it's you. <laughs> I go to Huntsville one time and I'm like, oh, I'm from Alabama. Because <laughs> you align yourself hopefully with decent energy that's supposed to inform me and teach me how to be more effective in my life. And I really, really appreciate your friendship. The work that you do, the work that you were doing then is real. My, my, my sister was raped in broad daylight in Philadelphia, coming mm-hmm. home from school at 19, and it changed her. She doesn't even talk the same way. And so I understand when somebody tells me they're doing the work for women, I'm going to do all I can. But where I can be helpful and black, and brown and poor people are concerned, I can do it. And I'll do it for white as well. That doesn't matter their color. I'm just trying to tell you the fact that you could say that about me, missionary and or pastor. My mother wanted one of us to do that. And she was always disappointed. And I used to look at my mother like, well, you know. You can be proud of who I am, but the truth is, no one's ever called me that. No one. You did just now, and it means the world to me, and I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, say what, Josh? I, I, I want to be friends with you guys, too. <laughs> you are. We, we, we brothers. We, you, now you got a sister in California. There you I'm, go. Hey, look, I got a, I got a white 
Moon Man in Alabama. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, we could, we would probably be remiss if, if we didn't point this out. But uh, the contrast to the people, uh, the rich people, the intelligent people who who voted for for Trump and who supported Trump to to line their own pockets. The counter to that are are good people like Erica who are as comfortable. Who uh, who could have sat and done nothing? Who could have mm-hmm. been the same way? Who could have just? She's doing fine. She's doing mm-hmm. all right. She didn't have to work for anybody else. She didn't have to come to Huntsville. She didn't have mm-hmm. to go around talking to people. She didn't have to be on this podcast with us. We're trying to make yeah. you know things better. Uh, that's the contrast. And if we can get more people like like Erica out and and doing that work and at, you know with the world will be a, a lot better place. Amen to that. All right, we're gonna let you go. I know. <laughs> See you later, Erica. Wherever you are is where it's at. Thank you for inviting me on the show. And 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 Alabama is important. We we there's a lot of po- political work to be done there, and I'm I'm willing to do it. So invite me back, and oh, I'll you know I will in person. That's right. That's yeah, right. right. You know I will take care. Tell Ben I said hey. Sure enough. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Erica Alexander, folks. That's my friend. She is. I'm telling you. She's been here more than once, mm-hmm. and um, she, uh, I brought her to uh, Oakwood University, right? And she talked to uh, students and community folks there. And after the formal interview was done, and the cameras were off, she was there. I'm not exaggerating; probably about an hour and a half. Hmm. Just taking selfies, talking to students, hanging out with them. I mean, they, as you can imagine, they mobbed her because they're like, oh, Maxine from Living Single. But she, I mean, she is just the most humble, gracious person. What you saw there is who she is. You know, and I knew her from uh, when she, you know, first popped up on the Zoom screen and I saw her picture and stuff yesterday. We were looking looking up and looking at her background and stuff. Mm -hmm. The Cosby Show was. you know, immediately, immediately, yeah. the Cosby Show. Yeah. You know, I was, yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, and it was uh, it, from past that. Yeah, you know, and I watched uh, Living Single, uh, but it was it d- didn't resonate with me like the Cosby Show did. That was right, you know, right, like right, one right. of the one of the early shows that I watched when you know, and I don't like, maybe we're not supposed to say that now. Well, I understand. <laughs> Man, the Cosby Show was a great show. I mean, it really was. Yeah, it was. It I was mean, groundbreaking. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I don't really know why it was. Produced by Bill Cosby and starring Bill Cosby, and he called himself Cliff Puxable. But you know what? He did. That's <laughs> how it worked. Uh, but yeah, Erica is great, and uh, and listen, it uh, it takes people like her to 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 change things, and That's right. uh, and and hopefully uh, hopefully that that will be the case, and that uh, she'll make a big difference, and she should be proud of what she's doing. I know yeah. that. All right, let's uh, let's slide out. Uh, we'll come back, finish this thing up with uh, with another the week, and uh, and then head to the house uh, to quarantine ourselves for another week. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back on Alabama Politics this week. Welcome back 
yeah. talk about politics this week. Josh Moon, David Person. Yeah. Hey, that was a really good interview with uh, with Erica. I uh, really appreciated her uh, coming on and uh, really very uh, candid, sort of. Uh, yeah, uh, she's she's yeah. good. She's good people, and uh, very I thought, much so. Thought that was uh, I thought it went went very well, and um, you know. I, so I guess to close this out, we're, we're, we're going to do another of the week, uh, of course, the right wing note of the week coming coming here shortly. But, you know, I, I guess maybe we should go. I think people liked uh, the, uh, you know, the, the hints we or the tips we gave them on things to stream and, and stuff. I think people appreciate being able to relate uh, to things. And, and, you know, because we're all we're all kind of trying to get through whatever i mean you say and you say it like that and it's like you're overcoming some you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know, you're digging out of a trench in world war ii somewhere but mm-hmm. i mean it's not you know we're, we're honestly it's not, it's people talk about how tough it is you know what i mean hey, watch band of brothers okay yeah. i mean you're not yeah, you're storming right. the beach normandy you're right. here you're, right. you're watching net you know the netflix signal and coming in real strong some days okay <laughs> all right you're not getting to watch what you want to right, right now right. on the big tv you right, know right. that's our that's our struggles and, and for the most part I, now listen that is, it to, uh, that is to say nothing of, of course of the people who are actually ill and battling through that's right. and going through that's that. right that is not i'm talking about the people yeah. who aren't the, the majority yeah. of americans who are just sitting around on their couch uh, for the most part just you know and the their struggle is, you know, I, I can't go to eat. And I saw, I saw a great Facebook meme uh, yesterday that said, you know, in retrospect, I really should have developed more hobbies than going out to eat. <laughs> so, uh, and which is kind of true in our place. But, you know, I, I, in, in ours, at our house, I have taken the, the opportunity. We have a two year old uh, daughter I've mentioned and is on Facebook. I put her on, you know, I do silly things with her every now and then. And, uh, but I've taken the opportunity to teach her new things. Um, hmm. For example, uh, now whenever she goes to the fridge to get ice and she wants ice for her little drinks or whatever that she has, uh, she says, I want ice, ice baby. <laughs> 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 I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's funny. We, we've developed it to the point we've been we've been sucking the house so long at this point that we've developed to the point that not only does she say ice ice baby, she also then goes pauses and we'll go dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so my, my wife really loves that a lot. Uh, That's funny. Yeah, but can we? But can? But, but can I just say? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to introduce your child to hip hop, that's not an introduction to hip hop. I mean, it's just I'm getting in where I can. Okay, I'm just getting right. in where I can. Okay. You know, right. uh, that that is funny yeah. though. I love that. That's funny. Yeah, we watched uh, now. We uh, you know uh, to to be a little more proper with this thing. We we also watched Friday the other night. Okay, uh, so you know right. it's uh, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Introduce an Ice Cube. Well, right. she just you know, she how to smoke smoke uh, weed and and all that. Now I mean I, you know, but no, it's you. <laughs> I, it was on as she was asleep in my lap. So it was, you know, but uh, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, of all time. yeah I was going to say, yeah. you'd have to probably see yeah. the, the oh, very drastically back. edited my version. My back and my neck. Right. Oh, how much you can get for a slip and fall in a stove? Uh, no, it's so, listen, we, but we've done several little things like that. I've, we've also turned all of her uh, Barbies into uh, into wrestling figures. And so we, uh-huh. we, you know, we, we've got all that. And, get, let's, let's get her some. Uh, we we got to make her a clean a clean playlist, something that's, that's age appropriate with some Tupac, some Ice yeah. Cube, some some uh, Queen Latifah. I, I tell you, man, you're gonna have a you're gonna Laura have a real Hill. 
problem getting getting past the Disney tunes. Uh, oh man, it's, really? Uh, okay, it's, I mean, a, we're we're heavily into Frozen and uh, Frozen Two, and uh, that's the music. Yeah, for it's Moana, oh, okay. right, and well. uh, yeah, it's a uh, you yeah, know that's, some that's of them are not bad. It's uh, right, but yeah. it, it it does. We we got them good, on repeat. Actually. Some of them's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it's got some good musicianship. Well, we mentioned this in passing earlier. Have have you watched the the Tiger documentary? I still have not. I keep hearing about that. I still haven't watched it. People say you just got to see it. Uh, it's 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 just insanity, man. It's just. First of all, Carol definitely killed her husband. All right, there's no doubt about that. I know you don't know what that means, but Carol 100 percent killed her husband and fed him to those tigers. Uh, oh my goodness, really? Oh, there's no doubt. That's yeah. a plot line. Oh, that's documentaries. That's like the fifth level plot line. All right, that's just like a in passing sort of a thing. Yeah, that's a yeah. No, it, yeah so that's not even the main really deal. Fed her husband to the tigers. Well, I, and they yeah, there's no proof. The there's no proof. I'm just saying it is my belief based on the evidence now is it okay so is this one of those kinds of things where you the series ends and you don't have the answer oh no i mean that's not you're not looking for answers in this damn thing you're just watching crazy people behave crazily uh <laughs> okay yeah i mean it's so the the premise is and, and I, I don't think i'm really giving anything away here because at this point you're basically the only person in america who hadn't seen this apparently uh, people are talking about yeah but the the premise here is is you have uh, this man who runs a tiger place that you go and see these tigers. Tiger habitat, uh, and, maybe? And whatever. What, what country is this in? What country? What country is it in? It's in America. It's in America, baby. This is in America? Yeah, it's in Oklahoma. Yeah, 237 cats in Oklahoma. Um, Whoa. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so, and I mean, you look at these things, and there are tigers everywhere. All right. And let me tell you, the first thing you learn about here is if you ever thought owning a tiger was cool it is not cool it is not something that you ever want to do you want to pet a tiger cub maybe and let it go back out into the wild uh but that's it uh Hmm. but the um so the premise here is is this guy is running this place and this lady who in Florida, who used to run a place like this uh, and who used to be into cub breeding and all these exotic animal breedings. And let me just say, too, as a quick aside, there are a lot of people that own a lot of weird animals out there. All right. And I mean, this thing is filled with people who own monkeys and lemurs and wow, uh, I don't, I don't uh, big that. cats and uh, I mean, bears. And I mean, bear. really? Oh, yeah. You got a bear, bear running around. That's I know. Uh, a bear uh, will maul you. Uh, a tiger will maul you. A tiger will maul you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, just because i mean you know just one day a tiger says hey i'm extra hungry today yeah. that human looks so tasty that's right and that's a wrap uh, fi- yeah who figures you know uh, figure it out yeah i mean they, hunger or just you know what i'm tired of the way things are let, take listen, you out let me let me tell you there there's a missing arm situation in one of these uh, oh yeah uh so uh uh yeah yeah as it is indeed indeed uh, yeah so uh, uh so but uh, so this lady who runs this uh, place in Florida is now uh, she runs it under the guise of saving these animals that are that are okay. in captivity, okay. and her whole deal is that she's trying to shut these things down, and so she makes it her mission in life to destroy this man's business, basically, uh, because she thinks it's wrong and he's mistreating the animals. And so he's going to these malls and taking the cubs to the malls so so people can pet them and all this kind of stuff. Where does he get the tigers from? Oh, he's breeding them. 
So he eats. Okay, let me just make sure I'm understanding this. So he gets tigers. He got a pair of tigers oh, he's got from somewhere. Tigers. Okay, so he gets yeah. multiple. Th- and then he his sole purpose is to bring in adult tigers to breed. To, to well, he's breeding them, and so what? What he does is his big money makers at the at the start of this whole business is is he's taking tiger cubs around to malls and other places, and he's holding events where you can pay twenty or thirty bucks to come up and pet a baby tiger, have your picture made with a baby tiger, uh, and I mean it's drawing thousands of people. I mean they're making twenty, thirty grand to stop at, at, at these things. Wow! Uh, and and then he'll once they get to be so old, he sells the tiger uh, for two grand or three well, grand. Does, does anybody? I mean hell yeah, he's a so everybody this is, this people is, are insane that's what i'm telling you it's and, a whole group of insane people and they're doing insane things and i think not only do i think it's insane and this is going to sound extreme to some people but i'm gonna say it anyway mm-hmm. it sounds like it's just basically slavery i mean you basically what you got is you got somebody making money off of a species mm-hmm. of a, a sentient living creature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're making money off yeah of that's slavery well i mean slavery of tigers yeah mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying but yeah. I'll say he, he makes a great point in that it's worth a lot of money to him. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure there were no, plenty of slave masters in Alabama and elsewhere who said the same damn certainly, thing. Certainly, they fought a war over that. Yeah. Uh, but the um, but they his other point in it was, and, and again, I'm not defending him because he's clearly a, a crazy person and, and an awful human being. But his uh, uh, his other point was these are an endangered species and we're making more of them. You know, yeah, I, I call bull. On yeah, that. it's, that's, it's that's pretty bull. Big, I pretty call bull on that. Uh, but I'm just giving you everybody's. I'm giving you everybody's argument here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, he tries to have this lady killed. So what? Wait, yeah. what, what, what? Yeah. So that's so he that's tries to have her killed. Uh-huh. Yes. The lady is trying to ruin his business. Indeed. But he ends up being killed. No, no, he's not killed. Oh, he's not the he's one. In prison. Who, so he's not the guy who was killed and fed to the tigers. This is somebody. Oh, this is, this is a different guy. Yeah. Wow, y'all yeah. got a lot of stuff. Oh, there's, there, listen, show. you got no idea. There's a lot more than that, my man. There's a lot more than that. There's a whole the only other thing I haven't with... heard yet is sex. Is oh. there sex involved too? Oh, there's definitely sex involved in here. There's a guy, another guy that comes in, and he's got an open marriage, and uh, I mean, it's a whole a, t- a tiger raising uh, or breeding uh, guy who's got an open marriage. Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he. Yeah, I guess he's a tiger breeding guy, but yeah, he's 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 definitely crazy. He's this guy. This guy gets busted for taking tigers into upscale hotels in Las Vegas, sneaking them in in luggage. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, dude, it's, it's, you, you, you're, it's, uh, it's a whole world that I just don't oh, I know I want to be exposed to. Every it now just and sounds then like you, insanity. You, you get dropped into this whole other world that's out there and you never knew existed. And this is one of those, one of those cases. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, the insanity of these people is re- really something special. But, oh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good show. You, you, ought to, you ought to watch that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we've watched of late. Uh, uh, yo, uh, Little Fires Everywhere. Uh, and I think I might have mentioned that last time. Uh, but yeah, little that's fires the Hulu. Everywhere. Yes, Hulu, the Hulu yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that has a Kerry Washington and somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like both good. of those actresses. Yeah. Uh, they're really good. Now, I've been watching Hunters, you know, yeah, uh, on I mean, Amazon. Do the Hunters. Hunters, man, is like the, it's like the Django for, it's like Django, yeah. only it's about, you know, Nazi hunting. Right. Have you got yeah. to the Von Braun episode? Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me tell you. In fact, I was thinking about us. When uh, when I was watching the the hunts because it's really there are two episodes uh-huh. that deal with Huntsville and Werner von Braun 
And I thought, man, and they call Huntsville out. I mean, they call us out big time. And I was thinking, we ought to have somebody on. I don't understand how this still, how this place is still named uh, for him over here. I, I mean, I really don't. Well, uh, I mean, you know, I, I think I think you're right. I think there's been a lot of, uh, through the years, I think there's been a lot of um, <clears throat> rationalizing and equivocating. Yeah, been a lot of and, whitewashing. And whitewashing. Yeah, been a lot of that. Well, you know, and I mean, the guy... Apparently, he helped to create, and this is what I was told, and it was told in a very, almost in reverential tones by somebody for whom I have a lot of respect, honestly, uh, but was one of the former leaders of our city who's now deceased. Um, but he said, uh, yeah, you know, uh, he single-handedly helped to found the University of Alabama in Huntsville. And without Von Braun, there'd have been no UAH. And, so? you know, and I'm thinking now, as I as I've learned more and learned more since we had that conversation, I'm thinking, uh, and so that's an acceptable trade off. Yeah, you know, and I guess the real problem for me is, and I know we got to do right wing, uh, right wing nut of the week, so I'm going to say this and shut up. <laughs> Accountability is my problem. My problem is not so much that the U.S. government said. We're going to bring these Nazi scientists over because we don't want the Russians to get them, uh-huh. and we're going to we're going to extract whatever knowledge we can from them. It's that that they that they opted to do that uh-huh. without any mechanism for accountability and for justice. You know, it shouldn't just be we're going to forget that you did all of what you did, you know, to Jews and to London and all of that stuff, and we're just going to act like it didn't happen. That's my problem. That's a very fair problem to have. Uh, my problem is, is that you know, we, we, we act like none of this thing, none of these things occurred. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and really, the things that he did were pretty pretty terrible. And he knew he was doing them. Uh, he knew what they were using them for. He knew what he was what he was doing over here, uh, and he saved himself. He didn't do us any favors. Right. Okay? He saved himself right. uh, by, by by you know giving over the information that he had and uh, and the knowledge that he had in working here. Uh, you know, I understand that, that now Huntsville is the rocket city because of this guy, but right. you can still be the rocket city man. You yeah. know, you just don't have to honor the dude that you know that when, what he did. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and and you juxtapose him with Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who mm-hmm. uh, who was. Who was a German theologian who actually uh, was so convicted and spent some time here in the United States and actually, because of his time at uh, the Harlem, uh, the big Abyssinian Baptist church there and uh, interfacing with, I think it was Adam Clayton Powell's father and being exposed to Dr. King and some other things, he actually went back to Germany and was part of a plot to try to assassinate Hitler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Bonhoeffer was executed. This is a German theologian who theologically concluded that his calling was to try to kill this this yeah. evil person. You know, so you juxtapose that with von Braun, you know, for the people who would mm-hmm. say well, he didn't, didn't have any choice. Yeah. He didn't know any better. You know, well, he was just trying to save just himself. The way people were at the time, you know? Yeah. It's like slavery and everything else. That's just how people thought. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was a prevailing yeah. thought. Well, not everybody. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Not everybody. All right. Speaking of prevailing thought and morons, uh, it's time for your right wing nut of the week. And uh, this week, the right wing nut of the week is uh, Hobby Lobby. Hey. Oh. Hey. Uh, your friends at Hobby Lobby, your favorite Christian craft store, are. I don't think they're. Uh, <laughs> don't, they're probably not going to be sponsoring anytime soon. Uh, but uh, probably we're, not. We're doing just fine without them. Uh, the uh, 
the <clears throat> so this has been an ongoing problem uh, for Hobby Lobby uh, with states issuing stay-at-home orders and closing down non-essential businesses. Uh, Hobby Lobby uh, and their multi-billionaire CEO has determined that they are going to stay open until someone forcibly shuts them down. Uh, they've done so in the state of Alabama. They've done so in Colorado. They did so in, in Ohio. Now, I don't know what action, I guess because we have not yet taken a firm shelter-in-place order from the governor, uh, the AG in this state has not taken any action at this point. Uh, but in Ohio and today in Colorado, the AGs there sent a cease and desist letter to Hobby Lobby to force them to shut down. Uh, I have a little bit of first knowledge of what's taking place uh, here. I received okay. some uh, some information from a Hobby Lobby manager, actually two managers, uh, from two different stores in this state uh, that shared with me uh, word from their district managers telling them what to do. And their directives were stay open until somebody walks in that store and shuts you down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were to cut a third of their uh, part-time staff and they were to cut 10% off everybody's pay and keep on moving. And that's how they were. And if you got sick, you took sick days and stayed home. And that's that was a wrap. That's and, then, and then when you run out of sick days, I think there was some emergency pay mm-hmm. uh, plan, perhaps. Uh, there was a, it wasn't guaranteed. There was no think. guaranteed. Yeah. And, it, and it, uh, from what I could tell, it didn't go. It was a state by state basis. So it mm-hmm. wasn't guaranteed for everybody. And, uh, uh, you know, and it, there was no plan for, uh, early on, at least for uh, the employees who had underlying health conditions, because, you know, there were some of those in the chain that large. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there was people who had heart conditions and asthma and uh, you know diabetes and things like that. So, uh, you know, and the and the whole impetus behind this was money. Yeah, money. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. And, and I believe his wife, if I'm, the CEO's wife of, of mm-hmm. uh, wrote some crazy letter, some letter or, where or, or or the CEO said, I think he said in a letter. That uh, I don't know if it was circulated outside of the company, but, you know, uh, people leak stuff to the media. Mm -hmm. And I believe, if I remember correctly, Josh, the letter in the letter, he indicated that his wife said that God spoke to her Mm -hmm. and said that they were basically supposed to. Hold firm and do what they're doing, steadfast and do what they're doing, the way they're doing it. And and I'm thinking as I'm reading this, and then you're juxtaposing it with not only the risk they're putting customers at mm-hmm. potentially with just doing business as usual, because they're not an essential place. I mean, mm-hmm. that's you know, this is not like the grocery store, yeah. you know, uh, or, or 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 a bank or something. Yeah. But so they're adding to the problem of mm-hmm. people being out and about, but then they're also putting their own people at risk, and they seem to be pretty damn callous about it, yeah. which is profoundly disturbing. Uh, and you have employees there, according to media reports I've read, who uh, are being denied sick leave uh, or paid sick leave and who are worried mm-hmm. about the conditions under which they're working. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. But I'll, I'll push back some on the non-essential. David, it, how are you going to be able to wrap burlap around a lamppost without Hobby Lobby? Well, I forgot about the bur- I forgot about that particular scenario, yeah. the burlap around the na- lamp scenario. Yeah. So uh, that that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. So maybe isn't that worth a that, few million that's, people that's, dying? It, you know, I I forgot I about that, and I think you make a great point. <laughs> we should make an exception. We should make an exception. 
Yeah, but it, the burlap. Least, said, the, if you're going, if you're right. going for burlap, burlaps and lamps. If you're going for burlap and yeah. lamps, then yeah. uh, I mean, you know what? Let's that be part of the story. Let, let's say even even for mantelpieces as well. Okay, burlap. Well, do you for think there should be a mantelpiece exception though? Josh? I do. Really? I, is that I think, a, is that really a necessity? I, listen, a I know it's not as, well, as big okay. as lamps, but I do think we're we're getting. Close I get burlaps. I get yeah. lamps. I don't get mantelpieces. I'm sorry. Listen, maybe you're not the interior designer. Okay, just don't appreciate the finer the finer things in life like. Like a like a burlap and cotton, like a burlap and cotton mantelpiece. You know, and, and we're laughing about this, but really, it's it's we're laughing because of the insanity, yes. the outrageous insanity and callousness. And and I go back to the way you set the whole thing up by saying you're a Christian craft store mm-hmm. as a church going self identified Christian person. It galls me. Mm-hmm. It galls me. It makes me almost want to throw up in my mouth, mm-hmm. you know, considering the kinds of that, that people will couch their actions in this sort of godly motif. But then what they're doing is like antithetical to what Christ stood for and Christ represented in terms of being compassionate, in terms of caring about the least of these. You know, these people are worshiping a God I don't recognize. It's almost as if the love of money is the root of evil. Almost. almost as if, almost. yeah. So I, I think I heard that somewhere. Eh, somewhere. Did you coin that? Eh, it's that? in a book somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who knows? Miss. If you ever find it, let me know. I'll, 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 as soon as Hobby Lobby opens back up, I'll get out there and see if I can find it. <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for today. Listen, I hope uh, you know we we were able to to brighten the day a little bit and uh, you know give you a little information. Uh, you know, and, and and hopefully it'll be a, a little something you can enjoy and laugh with. If if not, you know what? We we gave it a shot and. Uh, and we tried. We, we tried. We and, tried. Uh, we'll be back next week with, with another one of these things. Until then, you know, wash your hands, stay away from everybody, just be safe. See you guys. Take care.